Good morning. I am Cindy Bonna. I love talking in the word that is 99.3 and 98.5 information with inspiration, reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net and that you can catch up with Evelyn and I on Love Talk. Network.com, reminding you that all of our uh, current series is posted up on the web, and you can catch that audio. If for some reason we've gone too fast during the course of our program <laughs> and you need to, to take some notes, we've got it uh, posted now on a cloud up on Love Talk. In the studio with me, of course, is First Lady of Love. Uh, Miss Evelyn Davison. Mrs. <laughs> Evelyn Davison. Miss Evelyn Davison. I tell you, Cindy, this is a wonderful day today, and I am so excited. There are days that I'm just, my feet are so bogged down in the miry clay that I think, Lord, I'll never get out of this 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 situation. And then there are days that I wake up in the morning, and it's just like the sun is shining, and uh, and I'm celebrating. And so we are celebrating today. This is a wonderful day. It's the day the Lord has made. And we're going to be celebrating today as we do something very specifically. And that is talk about the Alleluia life that is made up of praise and thanksgiving. Evelyn, I love Thanksgiving. First of all, I love fall. And I think I've, I've said that for years uh, on Love Talk because uh, fall to me is kind of like a new year, a mm-hmm. new beginning. It was always I associate it with, her, with childhood. I associate it with going to school, which I love to do. I associate fall with football and the, the many mm. nights we, we spent up in uh, the stadiums or I was down on the field as I was one of those girls that ha- tend to be down on the field. You had the uh, pom-poms. Yes, yes. <laughs> You were cheering, huh? Yes, I was. But anyway, so then it rolls up into Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to be combining our conversation about what are those aspects of Thanksgiving that we live into in our lives, in the Hallelujah life. You know, we've been, we're in this series called The Present One. And we started off by really examining Isaiah 46 in depth, where the Lord said to you, I not only made you, but I've rescued you. I carry you. I stand for you. I mean, the things that he goes through and says who he is in our lives are astonishing. Sometimes I, when I reread that, I think, oh, my gosh, you know, to talk about this, this uh, love relationship with God. And, you know, he reminds us again and again the importance of being thankful for that love relationship. And we talked early on about the always, never, and evers of life, the tendency that we have in our human nature to think that things are going to, when we get stuck in that hole you were talking mm-hmm. about, that morass where we're in the we're in the bog, sometimes we think it's always going to be that way, or it's never going to change, or if somebody's attitude and someone we're working this will they ever change but what what christ says in his plan as the present one is that he's always present never forsaking and ever loving and in the hallelujah life we've been walking through nine principles of what it is to live the hallelujah life and we're going to break into those nine principles today by talking about one of the the overarching the foundation for living in the Alleluia life, the life God intended, is that we live in that place 
of Thanksgiving. Of Thanksgiving. Because Thanksgiving brings thanks living, Cindy, and that's going to be our overriding principle today as we, as we um, prepare for celebration. And that's, that's what Thanksgiving is for us in America. It is time to just take time apart and examine our heart and really take a test, a self-test, of how thankful I am that God never leaves me, that God prepares things for me, that he surrounds me, he holds me, he uplifts me, he forgives me when I fall down and get in the miry clay. So all of these principles come together for one purpose in our life, and that is to come back to that attitude of knowing and believing and living that Jesus Christ is the Lord of our life. You know, Evelyn, I just as you were talking, I was thinking back to how different things were for even our our parents or grandparents. Yes. You know, sometimes these days when we're looking at Thanksgiving, we live in um, such abundance. In now, the TV world. Right. You know, that oftentimes we're thinking of Thanksgiving as that time where we're going to gather around the set. We're going to watch our favorite team. And, and trust me, we mm-hmm. will be doing this at the yes. Bonner household. So this is not, I'm not standing on some kind of bully <laughs> pulpit trying to be we'll self, be doing that in self, self-righteous. But I think back to really the the roots of what we're going to be studying today out of First Chronicles 16.8, where it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Now, we're going to unpack David's psalm of thanksgiving in its entirety to talk about the principles of thanksgiving that give us that foundation for thanksgiving. But, you know, as our, as our forefathers gathered around, it was often this season was after the harvest. Mm-hmm. And people had a direct line to God in this sense. You know, we have a direct line to God, too. The truths and principles are the same for you and I. But perhaps the modern times or perhaps the way we live has made that line a little bit more blurry in our hearts and minds. But for many of our forefathers, that was the time when what the abundance of the harvest mm-hmm. was what was put on that table. And they knew without a doubt that what was on that table wasn't just the hard work of their own hands in the field, but was brought brought about by the generosity of God. It was brought about by the rain. It was brought about by the sunshine. It was brought about by the soil, things that they, uh, the science of which was not fully in grasp. You know, they did not necessarily know all the science that we know today to make fields produce four and five times the yield of our grandfathers. A lot of theirs was dependence upon God. A lot of times their soil was not necessarily the most amended. Lots of times the land that they had was not necessarily the most fertile land, but they were dependent upon God, and they spent this time in thanksgiving knowing full well that what they had came from the land. 
Cindy, you, you're so right because we live in a modern world, and while we have troubles uh, today that they did not have, they had troubles basically that are not a part of our common everyday life. But it's you, you know, thinking about uh, Thanksgiving for the pilgrims who came to this land, who birthed freedom, and the, the freedom especially to worship and serve God. Uh, we we romanticize that a lot, but it was a very, very hard time for them. And we've all been through hard times. I guess the hardest Thanksgiving that my family had was in World War II when my dad was drafted into the Navy because he had skills in the area of road building and um, laying bridges that they had qualified because in those days you had to register, you know, what your life was like, how many, you know, what your family was like, what your life was like, what your training or your education was. And because there was a need in that area, they drafted him, the father of four children. And I can remember so vividly that Thanksgiving, first Thanksgiving, that he was gone and, and how fearful that was, and I, I'd mentioned to you earlier. I'm a wordsmith, and I get these words on my mind, and I, I just swing them back and forth, thinking about. Uh, it's like a pendulum. Uh, I think about all the good times in life, and all those wonderful memories we have, and then, and even today, in the society in which we live, the culture in which we live, we do that, and and just be just so filled. You know, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and I feel so strong and so viable. And then something happens. And it may be from disappointment or discouragement or even uh, a need that's not been met or something. And it swings to the other side. And so, I, you know, thinking about Thanksgiving and the celebration that we have today in America is so different. It is so different from what the pilgrims had or what I had in my childhood when I, we really didn't know, you know, if how our lives were going to turn out. Uh, and I remember the, the greatest celebration, I guess, of that was when my dad came home in 1944. And it was like heaven came down. And at that time, I had come to know the Lord. Because that fear and that need in my life during the time that he was away from us brought into my life a school teacher that brought me to the knowledge that Jesus Christ loved me just like I am. And so when we measure our thanksgivings, uh, it's kind of hard to do that sometimes. But what we have to do, and we're going to do that today, is we're going to measure it according to what the Lord says that it ought to be in our life. It ought to be a daily discipline of saying thank you to Him for those good times, those bad times, those hard times, or even those expectant times. And so as we go through, again, this attitude of being grateful, this thanksgiving serves as a purpose to help us with thanks living. And if we're just giving thanks and we're not living it, then we've not learned our lesson. Ooh, we're at, we are talking today both about thanksgiving and what it is to be in a place of thanks living. This is Love Talk. On the Word.
Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, reminding you that is 99.3 and 98.5 FM on your dial. Information with inspiration, streaming live at klgo.net, and you can also catch up with Evelyn and I on Love Talk Network, reminding you that our audio is posted up now on Love Talk Network. Evelyn, as we're going out on our break, we're talking today out of First Chronicles 16 and 8, where David is giving thanks. And you know, um, we're going to make the distinction today between that ritual of giving thanks, that habit of giving thanks, or where we live with a mentality of, of thanksgiving. You know, beyond any event, beyond any day, beyond any one description, but where the inscription is really in our hearts. Where it's we, a heart thing. Where we live, out of, we live out of the thanks. And we're going to talk about... Why are, what are some of the principles of why we should be thankful, not just in our ordinary world, but the reminder of, of Thanksgiving having come out of a history where people were humbled mm. by the power of God in their lives, where God reminds us in principle to remember all that he's done. That Thanksgiving and thanksgiving are really an acknowledgement, a continual acknowledgement of the power of God in our lives. And sometimes we forget that because we attribute more power to our own good works than we do to the power of God in our lives. And, you know, as a part of this, I was, I was kind of reminiscing. I was looking mm-hmm. back to my own childhood, thinking about Thanksgiving. And it, it came in a kind of an odd way because I have this incredible, precious um, church family and we were we're we're in this study right now and we were we were talking amongst ourselves as part of the group a part of this discipleship group was what is your background you know where do you come from Mm -hmm. and what's your history with the bible yeah and it was you know what did what did you come up with as far as bibles and you know most of the people said well you know we have this giant fixture at our house. We had this uh, Bible that sat on this table, this gold gilded oh, edge yes. Bible that sat <laughs> on this table. table. Right. That that's you know, that was the that was the mm-hmm. total extent of it. But it was given a place of honor and so they mm-hmm. had been, but we had a few people that they, they had no concept what so so ever. And then we had just a very few of us that had a background, and I was the most surprised person that in that moment I felt like I connected to that background. I had never really been aware. Because I I don't remember if anyone had ever asked the question, but as soon as the question was, was what was your context for for God growing up and what's your context with the Word of God and the Bible, and I realized, well, yes, we also had that that big place in our home where there was a, a, a fancy Bible. But, you know, none of those have been passed down in our family. Huh. But that I have all the personal Bibles of my grandparents Ooh. and my great-grandparents back to the 1800s. 
ones that they carried from state to state as they migrated from territory into territory, even before uh, Texas was a state, we have these ancient old Bibles that were clearly not, you know, not the coffee table Bibles, but the ones that are marked, the ones that are worn, the ones that have been, or that are now falling apart. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I never really connected with that. And then the next theme that played through my head had to do with Thanksgiving. And why did I love Thanksgiving so much? And then it, I remembered and I could see the scenes of, you know, all of us coming together. And we were an imperfect family. I mean, there was bickering at times. And we were a little imperfect, too. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, the stress of having, uh, you know, first, second, and third cousins. Because that's what I come from, you know, and aunts and uncles, a really large extended family. And so we would go down to what was then, you know, my grandparents' little farm. Mm-hmm. But I realized for the first time that that's when our family prayed together. Really? That's when all of the brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, second cousins, nieces, grandnieces, step this and step that, I mean, whomever came, that this was our time as a family to draw together. And the focus of that in those first moments you know, after playtime and after the food was on, was that moment where all of us with God, and it was a, it was more than a moment and more than a ritual. It was it was a moment of of honoring, and it was a moment of reverence. That is and amazing. And so I I wanted you to know that I I discovered a a spiritual heritage that I just, out of a, one question out of one question. And so that's uh, both the story of Thanksgiving and the story of Thanks Living Mm -hmm. that I wanted to bring to the discussion today. Because out of that moment, especially as my grandparents would would say those prayers or read from the Bible for Thanksgiving, I recognized then the 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 connection that we had and the true uh, heart of thanksgiving that resided in them. You know, see, that is the most amazing thing. This this discussion that we're having today had just brought to my mind a recognition of something that I've never thought of before because I did not grow up with a heritage. There was never a Bible in our house. The first Bible I got, I paid 35 cents for it at a 5 and 10 cent store. On your own? On my own. The first time that I can recall that our family prayed together was when my dad died and I did the funeral. And before we went, you know, to the funeral home, we had the family together for dinner. I mean, extended family at my mom's and dad's farm. And uh, we all joined hands and... Um, and this this is a vivid remember, um, remembrance, Cindy, because of what we're talking about today of praise. And I prayed and I said, Lord, we th- I thank you for the life of my father. I thank you that although he lived many, many years, he lived 70 years not knowing you, that in the last two years of his life he came to know you in a viable and personal way. 
And I thank you that you have given to us this heritage today of knowing that he is with you. And we celebrate that. I thank you that you have given us the assurance today that he is with you. And, you know, later, it was not, you know, that day. And then we went on, you know, had the service, went to the to the uh, cemetery, to the old church, and, and we prayed, I prayed again there and, and gave a story there of friends that came just for that that did not know my dad had come to know the Lord because my dad was a rounder. And after that, as we were beginning to go through things, because my mom did not drive and could not live alone, uh, we were going through some things, and she said to me, she said, I don't understand what you were talking about when you were celebrating. I'm afraid, now this is what she said, I'm afraid that people would think that we were glad Papa died. And I said to her, I said, Mom, do you not understand what Thanksgiving is? I said, we are celebrating that he graduated to heaven. Well, that, you know, set a course in her life and in her thinking. Because she was a person that believed in God, but she didn't have a relationship with him. And the course of that whole encounter, and because she could not live alone, their nearest neighbor was four miles, we moved her into Cleveland. And her sisters were in a church, and she got invited. And her life totally changed from that moment on to where she began to praise God instead of always thinking of something she didn't have. And my mom was a hard worker. She, was, uh, she always lived like the Amish with the very basic essentials of life. But, you know, it is interesting, Cindy, and this is what we're doing today is we're going back and we're digging up old ground and looking at things in King David's life that brought him to the knowledge that every day should be a day when we develop that discipline of giving thanks and praise to the Lord Jesus. And there is a basic difference between thanks and praise. Thanks and praise is to thank him for whatever is going on in our life. We had a conversation about that this week with our friend Kathy. When you don't thank him for those things necessarily, but you thank him in the middle of it. Why? Because he's greater than any need that comes into our life. And then we praise him. And that's from Psalm 100. We praise him, or 150, because he is greater and he is glory. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. That kind of attitude of thanksgiving for what? Thanksgiving. You're right, Evelyn. And, and so this is not just going to be a walk down memory lane. Although, to some degree, God says to us, mm-hmm. one of the principles of thanksgiving and thanks living mm-hmm. is that you do remember. Now, listen, and it's not only this that you remember, but that you remember his goodness mm-hmm. to those that went before you. And that's why he said repeatedly to the children of Israel, Tell your children the story. The stories. Tell your children about my great deeds. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the greatest things that we can do in life is to tell our children stories. To tell the stories of our lives one to another. To be a storyteller. You know, there's nothing so great about telling just uh, the must-dos. Mm-hmm. 
or the must-haves. But there is something in telling the story of our lives that gives life, that points the way for those who are coming behind us. And so one of the reasons why we're talking about this with regard to Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving is, one, we tell God and we speak to the heavens. Two, we speak to our own soul and tell our soul, listen up to the things God has done. And three, we tell those around us, listen to the story of God and what he's done for me. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word that is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration streaming live at KLGO. I started to say information with instruction, but and there's that too. Uh, in, anyway, Evelyn, we've been in the studio and we're talking today about Thanksgiving. But more importantly, we're talking about pulling from within ourselves those living vessels of, of thankfulness. You know, um, we, can, we can so often get into the rituals of, of what things are, uh, why we do things. Yes. And the traditions. And those are great because even you and I are talking about either the traditions we come from or the lack of traditions or the discovery of traditions or setting traditions. And, and you know, even this week as we will gather together across this country as families, I know that as I gather with Jim's family, that we'll share around the table what it is that we're mm-hmm. thankful for. You know, and this is what we're talking about today. We're talking about the stories that reside within us that build that vessel of thanksgiving that then we live into. And this is what was going on with David as we're today referencing First Chronicles 16.8, which is David's psalm of thanksgiving. And, you know, Evelyn, it's interesting because up until this moment, for, for our listeners who may not be uh, particularly um, familiar with this 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 passage you know david wrote all the psalms that mm, most we, of them hit right that we have in the book of psalms but this one he had written at another point in his life coming out of first chronicles where really at that point the ark of the covenant was carried by the children of israel but god didn't have a home as a matter of fact, as they had been carrying him from place to place, then then you know that there was a time at which when he when the Ark of the Covenant was touched in a wrong way, then there yes. were those who, who fell dead. And so eventually the Ark found itself in some kind of, uh, you know, leased house far, far away from the Major children. Major distress. Yeah. And, and he, but, you know, with the temporary house, it's just so much the story of, of God again and again and again as we see the as we see Jesus living out that same paradigm you know that the ark of the covenant was there but there was really no abiding place for God there was only a temporary dwelling well at this point 
the children of Israel have erected a tent, a permanent place, tabernacle, for the presence of God to abide. And so they have gone to get, they've gone to retrieve the ark and bring it back. And the children of Israel are gathered around and they're giving thanks, giving. They're, they're showing out of their hearts and retelling the things that God has done for them. You know, that's an exciting concept, Cindy, because their desire was there to serve God. Uh, it was just a displaced time uh, in their history in the Jewish nation uh, because um, they, the Lord had prepared them for the message that Jesus Christ is coming. Uh, that was the purpose for each generation during that particular time. And as they had made their way into that promised land that God said it's going to be yours, and it's going to be yours for legacy and for history, and we still believe that today. But even as they went through the priests and then they went through the prophets, the people still did not completely understand the messenger or the message of God. And they, it was such a temporary thing for them because they were vagabonds, you know. But when God raised up Saul, they asked for a king, and God said, I didn't have a plan for you to have a king. That's not part of the plan. And they insisted, give us a king, give us a king. And kind of that's where we are in America today. We're saying, give us a leader, give us a leader that we can follow. And so God said, okay, I'm going to give you a king. Well, first came Saul. And that didn't turn out too well. And then God raised up David from a little boy that took a slingshot and four stones and changed history for his nation. That's all it took was one kid standing up against a mighty, mighty giant that came against the nation. And so God began to speak to David in his heart. And what was it, the message that God spoke to him, that's so evident here is they hold treasure over the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented the elements of God physically that they put their hands on. But as young David came up, as he grew and as he was chosen to be king, he had a heart for the daily discipline of gratitude because when he tended the sheep, he'd look into the sky and he would praise God. And so God grew that in his heart. He grew it to the point that he could use it. And when we look at those things in our life today, Cindy, in this same regard, there are things in our life that we can't thank God for yet. I mean, it's really hard. You know, maybe it's a loss. Maybe it's a bad decision that we've made that we're living with every day. But the Word says in all things that we through supplication and through prayer, we are to make our requests known to God. But it ends with, don't forget to say thank you. And so this thanksgiving, which brings thanksgiving in David's life, and we're going to talk about that in, in, in detail, and in your life and in my life, comes as a result sometimes of the things that we don't value. Or it comes often by the things that we do value and we hold, want to hold in our hand. But with the Ark of the Covenant, the people needed a visible image of how God had provided for them through the years, through the the desert time, 
through the Egypt time, through the death time for children. And that was what the ark represented to them, was the physical evidence. When we look today at the physical evidence and our, that fuels our thanksgiving, what is it? It's the cross. It is the cross of Jesus Christ. And so as, as we look at David, we need to really focus on what that covenant meant to him, the ark of the covenant. And the covenant meant it was a sealed deal between God and his people. And so David gave them a life example of gratitude. He sure did. You know, this psalm that we're going to step through, of course, was a combination of many psalms. As David wrote uh, many of the psalms, he wrote them about where he was at in his life, whether he was being chased and, and he was hiding out in the caves or whether he was on a mountaintop, whether he was battling Saul, whether he was trying to put a kingdom together. But this, this psalm is really the culmination of many of those personal psalms. It is a psalm that is written so that those who devoted their lives to God could come together and and have this psalm be a corporate psalm. So yes. this is really the first psalm that is written for corporately for quite like for the, the church. church. That's yes. right. But let's talk about that first. We have time to in to to skim over the top of the of the the first three. And I'm going to name the first three, and then okay. we're going to talk about them. Why is it that we give God thanks so that we live into thankfulness? And here it is. To make him known to others and through thanksgiving to seek relationship with God and through thanksgiving to know that his covenant is forever. Mm. And here's what the word of God says about those things. Make him known to others. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Then in seeking relationship with God, here is what these verses say. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord in his strength. Think his face continually. Remember his wonderful deeds, which he has done. And then with regard to the covenant that you mentioned that we really need to discuss, it says this, His marvels and the judgments from his mouth, O seed of Israel, his servant, sons of Jacob, his chosen one, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham. Mm. Evelyn, where do you want to start in talking about those well, three principles? Of well, the first living? one is, and this, this is what uh, King David had on his heart. Because he sang songs, and that's what psalms are, songs. And he learned to do that when he was a young boy. But he, he focused very clearly on what the mission of his life was and what the mission of our life is, is to make God known to others. And how do we do that, Cindy? That's the question. Uh, we, I say we put thanks in the bank. If we are not thankful for the good things, the hard things, the rough things, the needy things in our life, then we have we are operating in the red. That means we don't have what it is that God can use in our life in a way that others 
can say, this is God. Because remember who the, the, the land of Canaan belonged to? The land of Israel came forth as a covenant from Abraham. God said, I'm going to take you to a new land. It's going to be your land, but it's going to be my land. And I'm going to do great things not only in the land, but in your heritage. And that was the covenant that God made with Abraham. It has been renewed, and then God made a new covenant with David. The Davidic covenant is exactly what we're talking about to hear. So the first reminder of us during this Thanksgiving season, Cindy, has got to me what? we got to live an expression of our gratitude of what he is doing in our life and make that known to others. That's why he said to them, the priest, he said, you write the word on the doorpost. When they were in Egypt, it was easy for them to forget. You write it on your garments. You, you, put it, you put signs on your garment. That is living the word. And so that is why it's so important that we make him known to others. And we do that when we come to that expression of gratitude for what he's doing in our life. We are in the studio. We're talking about what it is that you need to have in the bank. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO studios. That is 99.3 and 98.5 information with inspiration, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. Also, you can catch up with Evelyn and I on lovetalknetwork.com, where our audio is now posted up for your pleasure and listening uh, we're, we're excited. It is so much fun, Yeah, we're Cindy. excited about that. <laughs> Evelyn, as we went on on our break, now listen, girlfriend, I we had like um, seven or eight of these things for uh, principles to walk uh-huh. through for Thanksgiving. I, I noted as we went on on break, we've done one. <laughs> anyway. Well, but, we've got the rest of our life, and only right. the Lord knows that's, what our calendar that's schedule exactly. is. But you, we were talking about the first principle of Thanksgiving is to make him known to others. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we forget yeah. that we've got to open our mouths. Right. And we've got to open our mouths. And our arms. And in, in thanks living, not mm-hmm. just that moment when we're all gathered together where we say the same ritualized mm-hmm. prayer. And why is it that God asks us to make him known to others? It's so that those who don't know of the great works of God, those who are caught in a paradigm that think if I don't do it, it's not going to get done, or those who've been caught in a paradigm of, of hurt and oppression where they've you know, perhaps not, not known what it is to have the rescue of God. They're waiting upon that. But to know that, that they can um, come to know him, to acknowledge our dependence, to acknowledge that we give him our allegiance oh, over yeah. everything. Talk about his wonders, the wonderful things he does, Cindy. It, yep. it, it is the fuel in a, the heart of a child to know the wonderful things that God's done for us in our life. And so it is for a nation. So when we speak 
to make God known. It's not just under this religious banner right. of evangelism. It's under the banner of enthusiasm, mm-hmm. of excitement, of enjoyment, enjoyment of the presence of God, excitement of the coming uh great works of God, not just for what he has done in our life, but because we know what he did for our, for a thousand generations. Yes, he renews that every day. And it is that we open our mouths so that we do what? Serve his interest, mm-hmm. the kingdom of God, yes. above our own. If we live in silence about those things, Evelyn, mm-hmm. then it's easy to forget it's easy to become oh, a cloistered understanding of who God is. But when we share it, the more we share enthusiasm, the more people will look at you and say, what? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? How, how, can you look, how can you have that attitude when there are so many troubles in the world? Children are hungry. They, you know, all. Those things come from the hand of God. If we take time apart to examine our heart and look at the priorities, and the priorities of our lives, Cindy, is to be praising God for who we are and where we are and what he's doing and talking about the wonders and the possibilities. Nothing is impossible with God. And so when we do that then, you know, when we're living that way, it is not only for others, it's for you, Cindy. It's for me. It is that my relationship with him might be strengthened. Well, let me ask you about this. What does thanksgiving and thanksgiving have to do with seeking God? Now, I thought this was an interesting one. I understand that uh, we are in pursuit of a relationship with God and that even more so, God is in pursuit of us. In other words, he never lets us go. He's always there, never forsaking us. But we can never afford to have our prayers of thanksgiving, our songs of thanksgiving, mm-hmm. our stores, stories of thanksgiving be absent of the great longing for a deeper relationship with God. Well, Cindy, the thing is, in life, if you take it to the bottom line, we operate basically on two things. What is it I want? and what it is I need, and how to have those two desires of our heart filled so that we can be somebody. And we've talked about this. We think sometimes that we have got to drive a Cadillac to represent God when Jesus walked everywhere he went. And so we need to get up in the morning And maybe, thank God, we don't have a Cadillac so that we can follow more closely the path that Jesus led us. Now, that's not to say we're not to ask him and to seek the essentials of life. We are to do that. We're to trust him for the essentials of life. But if we're going to seek a relationship with God, it is that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches, not according to our desires or our wants or what we think might make us happy. Well, I'm so glad you went down that road because really that is oftentimes our mentality. And what we believe is our shortcut to God is that we're always asking God to relate to us. 
But here's what David's really doing in this principle. He's saying, don't, don't stop at just relating, asking God, come relate to me in my need mm-hmm. or my greed. Mm-hmm. David's saying a relationship with God is where we join we join to God. We come into his sphere. And why is this? Here's one of the great biblical principles, I think, that is found in the Bible. Is that when we come and seek the Lord, when we come into relationship with him, in other words, we move out of this box of our own understanding mm-hmm. and our own life, and we join in the life of God, the bigger story, the bigger picture, He, then the value of our life (laughs) goes up a thousandfold. Why? Because we join him in his glory. Mm -hmm. We join him in his story. Mm -hmm. Many people are looking for value in their life out of their own doing, their own successes, or even what God has or has not done personally for them. But God says, when you seek a relationship with me, when you move out of your sphere and you move into mine, you move into glory, I define your value. You share my glory then with me. That's so true. And that comes from John fifteen sixteen. also. That is the teaching of Jesus. But that third one is his covenant is forever. His covenant, Cindy, for us is written in the blood of Jesus Christ. It is a red flag. It is a red message. And and just as David marveled at the history and the power of his nation, Israel, he also talked about the judgments that come from the hand of God. And he, he reviewed the great heroes of the faith as he did that. And he said not only, you know, is the judgment will fall, but the blessings fall as well. And that's what he said. Uh, remember his covenant forever. God never forgets that he made that covenant with Israel. It's still in effect today. He will not forget that he has a covenant with, him, with us because of what Jesus Christ did at ground zero. And so we must not forget that. And I don't know, uh, maybe as you're driving down 183 today or you're on age 35, And you're thinking, those crazy women are talking about something I totally do not understand. Well, we're not crazy, Cindy, uh, because this is the Word of God. And Jesus tells us very plainly, just as the old covenant was uh, memorialized in the Ark of the Covenant, and it had three things in there, there are three things that Jesus brought us when he came to give us new life. And that is what he said. I've come that you might have life, that you might have it abundantly. And he said, I'm going to go away, but I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. But the but in all of this, this written in red, is he said, I will send you a helper. I will send you a comforter. So when you aren't praising me, you still know that I'm available I'm active in your life. And that's a covenant that we have with Jesus Christ. Evelyn, you couldn't have said it better. A covenant that comes from God is where he makes a promise out of himself 
not just between man and God, but he himself says, when I make a covenant, there it shall be. We encourage you this week as you enjoy time with your family to not only love talk, but to give thanks out of your life. This has been Love Talk on the Word. Love Talk has been brought to you by The Word 99.3 and 98.5 in Austin, as well as Love Talk's partnering sponsors, Ellison Salazar, Casa Mechanical Services, Hill Country Landscape, Ray Gardner Triad Ministries, First Baptist Church Pflugerville, and The Good News Journal.